Hi, good evening and welcome to the A&E Rugby Podcast uh, with Andrew. Hello everyone. Uh, Elmar and uh, Jax as well, I can see. Just, just for the listeners' information, um, I'm looking at Andrew and Jack's uh, three teams at the moment. They're sitting in front of a lovely uh, Manet picture, glass of wine going by Andrew, not by his son, Jack's. And uh, Andrew, so you're in Gay Paris, as they say. Oh, um, I, I had a really good trip here. To, I, I didn't realise that you could just get on Le Chateau and, you know, go under the sea and, and rock up in Calais and drive down to Paris. And it was um, actually a great experience. Jack's and I did it. He's sitting next to me, he hasn't taken his brand new Springbok top off for two days. And uh, yeah, we had, we had a great time and uh, we, we've uh, finally hit Paris. It's much warmer than London. We're talking about, you know, it's in the 20s. And uh, yeah, we just found our way ahead of put a dinner. And we're looking forward to going exploring tomorrow and uh, meeting up with some Kiwis and, and Argentinians, kind of mingling with them. And then, yeah, looking looking forward to Saturday, which is obviously the reason we got we came. Oh, fantastic to see you both. And uh, how's the weather over there, Angie? Yeah, like I said, it's. Uh, it, I it's it's warmer, but yeah, it's much it's much warmer, much warmer. Um, but there, there was a couple of sprinklings of of rain, nothing much, just a little bit kind of in and out. And um, I believe on Saturday afternoon, between two and four, there's suspected rain. But the rest looks perfect. So we should have, you know, draft fields after five. Okay, so as you were driving over this morning, no doubt you were listening to the Springbok selection. Yeah, I was. So uh, you tell me, what, what, what were your thoughts? Well, gosh, I know we spoke in the week and we said, um, you know, I'd predict the squad I thought uh, Rassi and Jacques could pick. I got it completely wrong. Of course I did. <laughs> my thoughts were, my actually, my initial thoughts as ever with those the negative thoughts seemed to flood my brain before the positives. So, um, so instantly I thought, good grief, they're picking the same players who went to dark places. A six-day turnaround. You know, people like Eden, Bongi, who really went to the well. Um, Creel, to name a few, I think there's six or seven of them I'd have concerns about. I'm thinking, gosh, he's, he's backing them again. Um, so that was my initial thought. And then I started thinking, well, maybe England are selecting a similar team. I don't know. I really thought uh, he'd go for a 6-2 split. I just, I just had it in my head. I'll tell you what, 6-2 split, revert a little bit to type and just um, give them no room. Give them no room mm. to play rugby. We'll just construct them. But, uh, yeah, that, I, I was very surprised. Um, it's growing on me more and more as the days gone by. But... Um, yeah, he surprised me yet again. I thought he'd change up the centre partnership as well and uh, let Andre have a run at Farrell. <laughs> but, uh, <no. laughs> I, I, I was disappointed when I looked at um, the team. Yeah, likewise. But why were you disappointed? Not, not, not because of the team, but because they hadn't done anything weird and wonderful in my team. So I was just, I was like, I was trying to figure out what changes have they made? What, what changes will they, will they make? And then, like you say, the more I kind of dissolved it in, I realized that they probably come to the decision that this is the best team that they think possibly moving forward can get them through the next couple of games. I think there's very much a strategy behind it. But 
I think they've realized that there is a definite need for consistency, mm. getting the guys' confidence up, getting them to play more than every second week together, get those partnerships nailed down. Um, and when, when I look at it, it's what we're going to do is we, we're going for England early and we're trying to get so far ahead. We, we, we're going to attack them and we're going to play. We want to put it beyond reach, I would say, in the first half. And that's not trying to be arrogant. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm seeing in the selections. It's not conservative. They're going full out to play ball um, and they want to get ahead and they, they, they're going to come in again and try and lock it down. See, that's how I interpreted the selection against France, that we wanted to attack them early and mm. get tries on board. Uh, well, it went the other way, didn't it? France really attacked us early and sustained it all half. And we kind of um, we played that counter-attacking uh, game. So do you not see this selection again as uh, more or less a template of how we played against France, where... Uh, England possibly have the ascendancy? Um, no, because I don't think the, uh, the the English can play that style of game. They don't have that short passing game. How good good their short kicking game is, I, I'm not sure. Just with Farrell there, I don't. That, it, it's a completely different beast, the English. And if you look at their forwards, they've picked Grafters, um, uh, potentially the best lineup defending forward um, is now coming to the team. And you can see by the guys that they've kept on the bench that they're looking to combat the so-called bomb squad and um, Ox specifically. I mean, they've got Sinclair, uh, it's Sinclair on the bench and uh, Genge, isn't it, with Jamie George? It's, mm, uh, they've mixed things up, but so we'll get on to that. Just in terms of um, my initial concerns about fatigue, if you like, and mm. um, any, any, any thoughts around that issue? Yeah, but I mean, you, you saw, I've, I forwarded you the stats of all the players, the amounts of minutes that they've played um, for the four teams, England, uh, New Zealand, Ireland, and um, who was the, who's the other one? Um, what was it? Argentina. And, and you could have a look and see how many minutes each of them have played. And mm. South Africa's minutes were all very low. So they've got a relatively fresh team. And considering that these guys do play week in and week out at their clubs generally, I don't see why going into the last game. They've come off a two-week break. They played the game against the French. They had the least amount of minutes played as a squad and as per individuals. So, no, I don't think fatigue uh, is an issue. Okay, I'm glad you've said that because I, I instantly thought of fatigue. And uh, I watched um, the press conference this morning. And I, I rarely watch these press conferences. Mm. I find them ex excruciating and boring. The team, the team but, announcement. Um, no, it was after the team announcement where um, Jacques and Sia were sitting there and Jacques was pretty much asked about the six-day turnaround and concerns about fatigue, etc. And he pretty much butted it off, saying um, they've um, spread the minutes over the tough games this year, including this uh, World Cup, including Tonga, and that it's, it's, it's actually needed. That brute, brutal physicality against the French was another form of conditioning. He described it as conditioning, and that they need this conditioning for the semi-final and the, and the final, hopefully. So it's quite agree. an interesting answer. And, and, and not, a, not only the conditioning that uh, I think, because remember as we discussed that Daffod um, guy, the, the, the Welsh guy that uh, Scott Brits was talking about when he said they actually overtrained up until the quarterfinals so that they could start tapering off, but so that they, they physically peaked. So I, I think there's, there's that. And I think there's also a double bonus for us in that the, the French came at us with a with a kicking game that I was always a bit weary that could put us under strain. 
and I like the way we adapted. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about that, that French game that I think served us well now that we've come out the other side of, you know, confidence, um, the strategy worked, uh, yeah. gave everyone some, some time. And just on what you've said there, Andrew, it's something I've been feeling, uh, thinking about also. Um, we know there was a, it was a game of two halves and the coaches had a strategy and different players came on and we, we found a different way of playing, but there was definitely mm. an element of the players who are on the pitch working it out themselves, especially after half time on mm. how to change the, change the game, you know, slow the scoring down, get slowly get back on top and that, and, deal with the kickers, deal with the ruck speed, deal with mm. the chips over. And they kind of worked that out themselves, didn't they? Well, that was Absolutely. a feeling I certainly had. Yeah. It was a market change at half-time after, you know, they'd, they'd gone into uh, the sheets and had a couple of conversations. And then I think it really changed when they brought Quacha and Fury on, uh, combined with um, Puff, Pollard and Vili. And, and the kicking game started getting better. And... Um, you know, the slowing of the ball down by those two jacklers. And then also Fuff's involvement in the defensive line is something quite unique. And I think that combination of things really worked. But like, like we said last um, time we, we spoke, the, the scoring stopped, you know, in terms of tries. 67 minutes was the last time a try was scored. And there was only exactly. two tries in the first half versus, you know, like five, I think, in the in the first. But what, what did you remember as well, Elmer, that I... Um, and I missed and then I picked up again was South Africa actually scored or outscored French with tries four to three. Mm, four to three, yeah. Yeah. So it says a lot about that tacking tacking side. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um in terms of well let's go into attacking then. So no, 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 you what, what's that all about? You no, well I'm just hearing voices in my head from a lot of people saying no, we we did show any 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 attacking flair in the first half. It was all uh, it was all French attacking. And then, yeah, I agree. Um, but I I agree. But are you telling me now? And this this you can answer this because you know the answer. That cross field kicking and loading the wide channels with our forwards is planned. Yes, is a, it's a bounce. Yes, we're much taller than them. We're putting a twenty year old surrounding them with giants. Two tries came from that. Um, the other one. Dialinde and the other one, um, Yevon, who forced himself over. But those two white channel, um, sorry, it, yeah, those two white channels, um, were definitely planned. That's the strategy we took, the kick and chase. So in terms of an offensive strategy for the first half against England, you're seeing something different. Do you think we'll, uh, mostly revert to the scrum, the line out game, the more, and then go wide when it's, if and when the opportunity arises, or do you think it'll be a mixture of everything, including the kicking game, or do you think we'll go to the kicking game? I don't think we'll go straight to the kicking game because that would be asking Ronnie to play a game that I don't think he's best suited to play. If we were going to do that, I would suggest that uh, Pollard would get the nod ahead of him. I think we'll play more of a running game. I see England have loaded the back three really good aerial players. Um, mm, very tall. Very tall, good aerial players. And and this is the thing they now counting what they saw on uh, Saturday. Well, well, let's tell you what, Andrew. Shall we go on to the England squad? Do you have it in front of you? No. Okay. So shall I read it out? Just read it out. Okay. So we've got um, Marla, George, Old Man Cole in the front row. Then uh, Martin and Itoji, Laws, Curry, and Ben Earl. Uh, halfbacks: uh, Mitchell, Farrell. Then we have Tuilogi and Marchant in the centre, and Daly, May, and Freddie Stewart coming in on 15. 
So, you know, there's two or three changes there, obviously. And with the with the uh, bench, we have Genge, Theodan, and Sinclair. Uh, Chesum is on the bench now with Vinopela. 5-3 split as well. And we have Danny Kerr, George Ford, and uh, Ollie Lawrence as the backs. So, what's your first impression of that of that team? And very defensive, very defensive side. They're going to uh, kick for territory. They're going to keep it tight, and they're going to try push us into the corners. The English are, um, have had the best territorial advantages recorded through the World Cup of all teams. They do. I'm surprised to hear that. Want to try and play low era uh, pressure rugby? No, definitely. I when I when I look at that squad, I think, uh, with the exception of probably Old Man Cole, who we keep ribbing here, but um, I see that on paper as a good-looking squad. I wouldn't say very good-looking squad. I'd, I see it as good-looking and well-balanced, and I see I see a bench that can make an impact, a bench that's certainly mobile. The hook is not he, he's he's not really a scrammager. That's Theo Dan. Um, he may prove me wrong now, but that's certainly a mobile front row and Chesson coming on and Dare uh, Kerr. Ford, Karen Ford can certainly enjoy, we've seen what they can do against lesser teams uh, I see the back row as, um, as as very defensive but Ben Earl has a bit of flair about him and Martin who they brought in he he's a very very defensive lock in terms of his Leicester um, not hardly any England experience but in terms of his Leicester uh, appearances so a team here see here on paper that I mean if they had the time together they could be they could be really pulling up trees but um have they got a performance in them? Maybe. Yeah, but, but you say that the majority of them were in the 2019 final. So how much time do you think they need to do that? Well, it's a change of uh, management and stuff. But um, So you see this team playing defensively. I, I kind of see them playing I, I defensively, see, but they have to have a go. Well, this is it. When I say defensively, I mean they don't spread the ball a lot. Um, and they'll kick for territory into the corners and try and deal with us that way. I don't think that's the answer for them, but I think that's the best answer that England have got to try and match us. Um, it's, it's, it's not a flair-filled team. We've always said, we watch these guys in and out on, in, in, every weekend, yeah. and they are much better as individuals than the sum of their mm. parts. They just cannot click. So I'm a bit weary about these guys because they have been trickling up in terms of their performances, it's, it's definitely mm. been positive. And, you know, what, what's that, five or six games now on, on the trot that they've won? There has to be a feel-good element um, in there. But saying that, the reality, the data, <coughs> performance, um, and the way we've been playing rugby, for them to step up to the level that we've played against mm. the top two teams, in, I, I don't know if they can. I don't think so. What do you think's England's best uh, best means of getting some joy from us. Drop kicks. That's one. Um, I think there's that, and I think they're going to play a long kicking game and, and, yeah. and potentially challenge us to, to come back at them, which is great, because I'd, I enjoy nothing nothing more than watching Valencia, mm. Colby and Orange say have a crack. I mean, that, that's that's electric for me. So if that's their plan, that's, that's fine with me. Yeah, I'd, uh, I kind of agree with you there. I also think, I mean, if you look at their back three, they're, they're all traditionally good under the high ball, those three. Um, Deliot, uh, Deliot, Elliot Daly, uh, Johnny May, and um, 
the uh, they built him up to be the best f- uh, fullback ever, didn't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but to their credit, they're all good under hardball. They've all also all got big boots, especially Daly. So mm. I, so I don't necessarily <laughs> see them putting big kicks um, down our throats just to chase back. I've got a feeling they're going to go big into touch and go for our lineout. And I haven't been super confident with our lineout. So, and their lineout's pretty steady. I have to say that. So I just see that as an opportunity away in for them. Uh, they've got a very, very defensive pack, um, and milk trying their best to milk, milk any form of penalty in the midfield around um, and around halfway. That's the way I see see England. But uh, I do think they have the potential to disrupt our lineup for sure. Yeah, sure. If, if you look at our team, this is the England team. Who in the England team would you would you replace? In the Springbok team, um, not one. I, I might the be only one in for Mostert, I think. Really, mm. really. Even though, mm. well, Etoji's coming back into form. Wow, that's a bold call. Well, he's, he's, in, he's improved a hell of a lot, and Etoji at a stage was world class. I don't oh. quite think Mostert's hit that world class. Okay. And look, to, to 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 say that um, he has been moved around. Remember, he was playing seven for about two years. So, you know. I, I would just say uh, Toji is probably the one that I think would get a look in, but I, I, or, um, I really don't think any others. So, so one, cool. The one thing that England lack at the moment, I think, is a ball carrier. They just don't have a heavy runner. Um, Gordon Laws doesn't seem to be trucking it up like he used to. Toji is definitely not getting around the track like he used to. Ben Earl's a bit too small and is like sharp and dynamic and everescent as he is. He just doesn't make yards like a, you know, Eben and Dwayne and um, those those types of people. They, they, you know, France are two props. It's heavy. It's it's hard work defending against those guys when they're continuously running at you. How do you think the scrum will for England's scrum again? You know what? I'm actually I'm actually worried about um, <coughs> what we could do to them. Uh, Even with Marler coming in. Uh, it didn't make a difference in the 2019 World Cup, and I think um, it was a Cole was on the other side, wasn't he? Mm. And they had a better scrummy Jared Hooker in, in George, and then um, you know the two locks maybe they're a little bit heavier, but the the back three not heavy players. So I, I don't know how good that scrum is. Um, I, I I don't know if I've seen this front row scrum together in the tournament. So I. I could be wrong, but I, I don't recall it. So, you know, maybe they know something we don't. Uh, uh, no, it, full. no, he's not. It's just one of those, I'm looking at it now, on paper, it looks a very good team, the England team. It looks well-balanced, mm. but there's nothing for us tangible to go on from what we've seen, is there? But I, I, yeah. having but, said that, do you think they've got a performance someone where they could challenge the Springboks for a result? I, I think, yes, I do. I think there's a you chance in a, okay. in a semi-final, in a World Cup, under the pressure, where nobody's expecting too much from them, to put in a good a good effort, and um, so yes, I'm 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 a bit nervous. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm not Likewise. as nervous as I was for the French, but I'm nervous because, like I keep saying, I've seen these guys play week in and week week out. I've seen, you know, May and Daly. These are good players. I, I think they're a bit past it, but you know, if they spark once or twice, we we could be in for a long afternoon. I think today. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, do you think England have have uh, the talent and personnel to replicate uh, France's um, or part of France's chipping game against us? The kicks over the rush defence, the collector, the collection maybe by Farrell, the quick pass to um, 
Ben Earls or somebody cutting us out. Well, I think. Yeah. well uh, partially. If, if you recall, the Saracens' game plan was chip mm, and chase. Very much so. Yeah. So there is an opportunity for them to do that. But, you know, I do trust that we will have looked at this. I trust that we will have learned from the previous experience. I think we can adapt our, um, you know, really high-tempo defence if we need to, to combat it. So I, I just think what, what I see, the arsenal of different weapons that England can bring I don't think will trouble us. I, I think it's it's the individual brilliance of some of these players that I've seen do it a couple of times. Maybe it's irritating the ref and if, you know, we get a yellow card, something like that could happen and, and then we, we're in trouble. I asked you how the weather was at the start of the uh, podcast and you said it's warmer. It's a bit wet, mm. but warmer. If it does rain on Saturday, because there is rain forecast for the weekend, is that a factor? Oh, yeah, well, it has to be a factor. Mm. Um you know, there's a big contingent in the in the backs that come from the Stormers. Um, play down there, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I am. Um, I, I don't see that as a huge. In, you know, we could always change the way we play, and we could always kick into the corners and scrum and maul and turn that game right up. So, wow, we're starting to sound like we've <laughs> got a lot. Uh, just playing, uh, playing, a lot, a lot playing the role as devils up. Playing devil's, devil's advocate here a little bit. Just, um, you know, just putting a few stats out. How, how um, scrummage do you think Dan Collins? At what level do you think he's, he's playing? I think he's an extremely good um, premiership, English premiership prop at that level. I think he can hold a scrap. Look, well, look at Leicester Tigers game. You know, they won the, they won the league, was it, two, two years ago. Um, and what do they base their team? They've got a very simple game, haven't they? Mm. And um, it's very reliant on the set piece and the scrum. Well, that was so two years ago. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's been big changes because if you think about the Springbok team that played in the autumn, uh, almost a year ago now, against England, there's a very, very similar feel to it. But one has gone up and looked really good and well-balanced, and the other seem to have... I wouldn't say regressed because they were in trouble then, but they certainly haven't moved in the right direction, have they? Well, well they did regress, didn't they? They regressed for months and months and months. It's only well, recently we've seen some I, green shoots. Well, I, I don't think they... I mean, they were regressing before I bought with to go, mm. but they, they... I mean, what's he, he... He was one from six before he went into the World Cup. Now I think he's probably six from 12. So Eddie Jones couldn't buy a win. I think they had no. one draw. I question, Andrew. Yeah. Who's going to boo Farrell Moore? The Springboks supporters or the England supporters? What's that all about? I, I don't like that at all. I, like, I really don't like it. Booing your own player? No. Your highest point scoring, eh? your leading port, point scorer, your captain, your 110 cap player. No. Uh, like, it's, I, I really dislike it. I'll tell you a quick story. I was at um, the Free State Stadium when... On your holly. <laughs> I, was on the, I was at the Free State Stadium when they played Ron Pinot at 10. And eventually the crowd turned around in the stadium facing, turned their back to him and started chanting Monet. And um, I, I, like, I have total disrespect for fans that do that kind of thing. And you know what? Under the pressure of them doing that, they put Monet staying on. So I think that's a disgrace, and, and the English fans, 
Like, I understand that there's issues. I get that. But if you get selected to play as a player, and with the amount of effort and how seriously he takes that and what a good player he is, because he is a good player, very good yeah. player. They shouldn't be doing it. That's my opinion. I don't know. Okay, Andrew. Um, well, what, what do you think, Alvin? Regarding Farrell, mm. I, I agree with everything you've just said. Right? If he mm. was a Springbok player, I, I, well, we just wouldn't be him, would we? I know there is, you've just highlighted a case where, uh, well, you're talking about Bull supporters, really, who are <laughs> very much on... Uh, <laughs> Runaway. <laughs> yeah, they're very much, um, uh, particularly in the 2009 Lions series, I remember um, they were paving the way for uh, Mornay being very vocal. And t- to be fair, I mean, gosh, maybe Mornay um, changed that series, really, <laughs> with a winning kick. But well, um, this was against um, New Zealand. It wasn't against the Lions. What do you think, Andrew? Let's have a prediction from you. I think we can beat them by fifteen to twenty. Okay. And and I I think if if we get a ten point lead at half time, and even you know that ten fifteen percent opportunity that they have will be taken away massively. Okay. Well, I'm going to go for Springboks by ten points. What? I'm like mm. you're supporting the Springboks this time. <laughs> or you, you, you're picking them to, to win. That's unusual. I'm worried about that. I need you to pick England. Well, I always pick the Springboks uh, against uh, teams who aren't in the top four. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we don't have the right fly-off. There we go. On to the other game tomorrow, you said earlier that you'll be mingling with a few Kiwis and uh, some of the Puma supporters. Um, oh, sure. Uh, you know, whatever way I look at this game, I see an onslaught. <laughs> coming here. I, I really do feel there's the potential for complete massacre as if it's a tier one playing a tier two. I really hope I'm wrong here because it's it'd be so bad for this World Cup, bad for rugby, etc. But I can really see a 45-50 point mauling on the cards. I, I think there's a possibility that something like that could happen because the Argentinians, the Argentinians have been a bit loose in, in this. But I do think that they, like England, have also been improving since they took that beating in the first game by 14 men and Ford scoring, what, three or four uh, drop kicks. I do think they've been trending in the right way. There's certainly been improvement in their game. But to say, you know, Wales got out to a 10-point lead in, in 10 minutes on Saturday with hardly an, an attacking weapon does make you worry, doesn't it? Because if the, the Kiwis are in that mood when they're going to play a bit of basketball rugby, could get ugly. Do you see... Do you see an, a way at all that's uh, where Argentina can compete? Not really. Or win? No, let's say win. They're in the semi-final. They'll be gunning for a final play, surely. So, mm. is it possible? Oh, it's possible. Possible. Well, but if, I don't think if New Zealand get. Yeah, I mean, if they got three red cards or something. Yeah, got 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 a couple of red cards. Yeah, and the Argentinians don't have the scrum they used to have. I'd usually be saying, I still don't rate that New Zealand pack as a compete with the top packs like week in and week out. I don't think they're good enough. I, I think the, the props they haven't impressed me. Um, and then, you know, I think is it Retallick and um, Whitelock that are locking partners this week? One's on the bench. Yes. So is it Retallick and um, Barrett? They've switched them. On... However it happened in their last game, they've switched them over. Okay, so then it's Whitelock and um, Barrett. Which, yeah, yeah, I kind of understand it because those two guys probably need a little bit of a break. They put, well, um, Retallick put in a big shift last week. But they just, so the reason that I brought that up is because I would have thought that generally the Argentinians could have thought, you know what, we can play this game to do a 3-6-9 special. But a good kicker, but their forwards can't scrum um, like they used to. There is a big problem there with Argentinian 
um, props. So something they need to. So I, I don't see what the way is for them to do that. No. So what, based on that, can I have a prediction, please, for me? 35-10. Yeah. Okay. My prediction there, 35-10. But... <laughs> 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 But I really do think it could go out to 55 turn off, you know. So I really hope it doesn't. Mm, really it, hope it, it, doesn't. Would, it would be a problem if it, if it did. Um, and given that, who, who would you rather be playing as a Springbok supporter in the semi final? Because I'd take Pumas all day long, every time. Oh, so I'd rather play England, and I'll tell you why. Because okay. I think England would be, will be a better challenge for us. And I believe we want to go into that final properly batting Harden. Right. I've that's always, a always said that. And. You know, if the, if the Kiwis again come off a 35 point drubbing, um, over Argentina, it's very difficult to know where you are because they did, they, they really raised their game to play against Ireland and that was, um, very impressive. But besides that, they've had very, they've had really easy games. Um, before we move on, um, is Jax there, please? Jax's prediction for the Springboks England game. 35 10. Um, <laughs> and, 35 ton, okay. <laughs> and uh, who do you see as the key uh, the key players for the Springboks? I think our front three will be important because they need to um, break the forwards to so we can get through the line e- quick, easily. Um, well, like something. Your favourite player, Tomai. Likes the spicy plum. Well, definitely all. Take me all. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Jax. Thank you. Enjoy the game on Saturday evening. And uh, you might want to wash that sh- sh- shirt sometime next week, maybe. Um, <laughs> let's just let's just hear what the voice from the Cape himself thinks of these two games. Right. So we've arrived at the penultimate weekend of this year's edition of the Rugby World Cup. And boy, fuck, how does it measure up to last weekend? Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But starting up on Friday night, the RGs, Argentina play New Zealand. Um, look, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for New- for Argentina to lay a marker down here, to let the world know that they are a serious unit and they are here to compete. But honestly... And with all due respect to them, if this New Zealand team play 60% like they played against uh, Ireland, uh, I I fear this could be quite a high score against Argentina. But saying that as well, this is a semi-final. Both teams have earned the right to be there. And fuck me if I don't think Argentina are going to fucking put up a fight for this. But moving on to the game that we are more keen on south africa versus england it's a replay of our final in yokohama uh england without a marcus smith interesting i suspect he's probably injured haven't had full uh sort of news about that but they look set up for a kicking game so they are going to look to contest us in the air and then hope to capitalize on that uh mistakes from the box side uh, their team, look, to be fair to their team, they have not been on the best of form uh, coming into this competition. They've slowly started to get better. Fiji took them to the wire last weekend, but they haven't played as many intensive minutes as we have. So there might be an advantage for them in that 
in that way but i do think man for man we are the stronger team but i'll now get on to south africa bit surprised with the um unchanged squad seeing that how the team played last weekend and to the deepest darkest depths of darkness where those men went to win that game for south africa um all of those players speak for themselves they know exactly what their roles and responsibilities are but i do fear for fatigue that is the one thing i have sort of sat here and considered fatigue will be an issue i believe but motivation surely not with all the bullshit and cuck that these fucking poms can talk coming from past players like that tyndall prick and uh, don't even get me started on woodford uh, woodward and fucking stuart barnes i just hope we move them properly well thanks for that voice from the cape enjoy saturday evening well we definitely will do i just hope we move them properly <laughs> Oh, it just swash, 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 sw